This program is brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu. During the summer of 2009, a U.S. District Court issued a preliminary injunction against publication of the book entitled 60 Years Later, Coming Through the Rye. The book is arguably an unauthorized sequel to the famous book by J.D. Salinger entitled Catcher in the Rye. Salinger alleged the book was a derivative work and therefore copyright infringement. On April 30, 2010, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit vacated the preliminary injunction issued by the lower court and remanded the case back to the district court. Interestingly, the Second Circuit agreed with the lower court that the plaintiff is likely to prevail because the sequel is likely to be found to be copyright infringement. The Second Circuit reached this conclusion after deciding that the work in question did not likely come under the fair use exception to copyright law. However, the Second Circuit remanded because it held that the test used by the district court to decide whether to issue a preliminary injunction was no longer the proper test after the 2006 Supreme Court decision in eBay versus Merck Exchange. In the eBay case, the Supreme Court overruled long-standing precedent and held that a patentee is not entitled to a permanent injunction against a patent infringer. The eBay court said that the decision to grant or deny permanent injunctive relief is an act of equitable discretion by the district court, reviewable on appeal only for abuse of discretion. The eBay court said that a patent owner seeking a permanent injunction as a remedy for patent infringement must establish the following four factors. First, that the patentee has suffered an irreparable injury. Two, that the remedies available at law, such as monetary damages, are inadequate to compensate for that irreparable injury. Three, that considering the balance of hardships between the patentee and the infringer, a remedy in equity is warranted. And finally, that the public interest would not be disserved by a permanent injunction. Although the eBay case dealt with a remedy for patent infringement, the broad language of the case has led other federal courts to apply the same factors with regard to whether a permanent injunction should be allowed for numerous other causes of action under federal law. In the Salinger case, the Second Circuit held that the eBay factors were not limited to patent cases, nor were the factors limited to a determination of whether a permanent injunction should issue after a trial on the merits. The Second Circuit held the same factors that apply to determining whether to issue a permanent injunction should also apply to a determination of whether a preliminary injunction should issue in a copyright infringement case. I think it is likely that ultimately the book in question in the Salinger case will be held to be infringing under copyright law. However, a more subtle but interesting issue is the slow movement away from applying property liability rules for interference with property rights. Courts typically utilize a liability rule, usually in the form of awarding monetary damages, or a property rule which results in injunctive relief as a remedy. Traditionally, breach of contract actions, for example, almost always result in monetary damages under a liability rule. Historically, interference with property rights usually result in injunctive relief under a property rule. For example, if an adjacent landowner engages in conduct that substantially interferes with the use and enjoyment of my land, such that it is adjudged a nuisance, 
the usual remedy is a permanent injunction barring the conduct that interfered with the use and enjoyment of my property. Likewise, under a property rule, a landowner has historically been entitled to a permanent injunction against a trespasser without regard to whether any damage resulted from the trespass. Traditionally, the mere invasion of a person's property by interference with the most basic property right, namely the right to exclude third parties, is adequate for a court to award a remedy. Historically, courts applied this same approach, prior to eBay at least, to actions for patent infringement and copyright infringement, since unquestionably both copyrights and patents are property. Cases such as eBay and the Salinger case, in my opinion, represent a movement away from the traditional distinction between property and liability rules with regard to intangible property, or at least with regard to intellectual property. These cases seem to represent a shift in the law such that violations of intellectual property rights may only entitle the owner of the intellectual property rights to monetary damages. Such a remedy would essentially reduce the value of intellectual property rights because the owner no longer has the right to exclude others from using his or her property. A third party could then make a monetary calculation with regard to whether to infringe based on the economic cost of such infringement. And consequently, the property owner would have to be content with damages because he or she would be unable to prevent the unauthorized third party use. For example, let's assume in the Salinger case that copyright infringement is found after a trial on the merits and it is upheld on appeal. Under the eBay case, as its application has been expanded, publication of the book, 60 years later coming through the rye, might not be enjoined. Instead, publication might be allowed subject to payment of royalties, essentially a compulsory license which would entitle the owner of the copyright to monetary damages, but would take away his right to enjoin publication of the work. Such a change in the economic value of property rights may or may not be a good thing. However, whether or not it should occur should be the result of thoughtful debate by scholars, legislators, and the public. Unfortunately, the Supreme Court made a significant change in the law in the eBay case with very limited discussion. The eBay case is an extremely brief decision which contains a very cursory analysis which is perhaps unfortunate for a decision which seems to have the potential to make significant and fundamental changes in the way property rights are viewed and enforced by the law. This preceding program was brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu.